Welcome to the Tutor Podcast, the only weekly show for anyone who is in the business of helping people. If you're a tutor, a teacher, or a coach, the Tutor Podcast will help you start, grow, and love your tutoring business in plain English without the buzzwords and BS. If you want to make more money and make more of a difference, the Tutor Podcast will be with you every step of the way. Hi, it's Neil here with the Tutor Podcast, talking on common sense about how to start, grow, and love your tutoring, teaching, and coaching business. Now, this week, I really want to talk about self-sabotage because this is something I've fallen prey to in the past, and I know a lot of my friends who are in business for themselves have also had that little demon rear its ugly head. So, first things first, let's get clear on what self-sabotage is as far as it applies to us as entrepreneurs and business owners. Well, sabotage is uh, any deliberate action aimed at undermining or impeding the progress of a person or an organization. It's usually done undercover, um, passed off certainly within organizations as a misunderstanding or gets rationalized in some way. It's, it's just meddling. It's a practical joke. Maybe it's somebody hacking things, pranking you or just mucking around. But the bottom line is it's any kind of subversion, destruction, damage, obstruction or disruption of normal activities that are productive. Now, we often do this without really noticing it. So I think it's vitally important to notice if you are doing any of this stuff the same way that I've been doing. If you're your own saboteur, in effect, I have done it. It's cost me both time and money. It's had negative impact on relationships and had I not curbed my own stupidity, might have cost me my business and potentially endangered my life. So I know it's very easy to be lured into doing daft stuff and it won't help you. Sometimes you'll even know you're about to do something stupid, but you'll go and do it anyway. So why is this such a common pitfall and what can we do about it? Well, first of all, notice the context of your self-sabotage. And from my research, it's usually one or two situations. Things are going badly or things are going really well. Now, curiously, if business is more or less okay, the tendency to sabotage things arises much less. From my own experience, from researching other people's self-sabotaging experience, it appears that there's a simple explanation. It's all down to our idea of what normality is. It's about whether the story we have for ourselves and our inborn tendency to hold a sense of identity and to stay true to that is in alignment with our outside world. Now, that means that if everything is just ticking over, we're pretty content and we don't rock the boat. But anytime things are outside of our idea of what should be happening, we'll unconsciously act to exert some kind of control and restore the situation to whatever our idea of normal actually is. So if things are going great, I mean way better than expected, we'll find a way to tone it down a bit or to get rid of the money. Now, often that means we'll do things like start taking time off, effectively lifting the foot off the gas pedal of the business. We'll make these bullshit rationalizations such as it's just uh, whenever we're about to waste money buying something else we don't need. Oftentimes we'll get distracted chasing after new ideas. This is going really well. Let's go and add something else to the mix. Like chasing after the next shiny penny rather than just staying focused on what's working, especially when it's working too well. So we'll lose focus. Our schedules start to have big holes in them. 
administration side of things and the back office can slacken off and get out of control. And the whole efficiency of the business can drop off. Now, in these and many other ways, we'll unknowingly drift back towards our own idea of what should be happening and unconsciously attempt to restore normality. This ties up with what's often known as imposter syndrome that edges its way into you. If your life exceeds the level of your dreams, you'll be uncomfortable. You'll be fearful of being exposed to the fraud you undoubtedly are and unconsciously try to get back to how you think life should be. I've been there. A lot of my friends have been there. And even now, occasionally, we talk about this stuff and we have blips. I have blips now, even after 20 years teaching guitar. I'll still have moments where I don't feel that I'm good enough, but I'm a fraud in some way. Now, the same kind of things happen if your situation is way below your expectations. You'll start taking time off to recover and rest instead of driving harder and pushing yourself. You'll make those bullshit excuses. You'll be really creative with these as well rather than spend your energy creating solutions. Again, you'll start looking for something new, chasing after shiny pennies, maybe even looking for a job rather than doing what's proven to work in the past. So the loss of focus, it's everywhere. I mean, have you ever found yourself tidying the kitchen instead of making a difficult phone call or putting out a marketing message? I know I have. My cleaner laughs about this. She tells me that she knows when there's a problem with the business because the kitchen is tidy. That's a red flag to me, and it's a reminder to just take stock and get back to doing what I should be doing. Then there's the research distraction. We do more research instead of working on the draft of the book, the course, or the marketing materials that we should be working on. And we'll often tell ourselves that what we're doing is completely sensible and is helping the business. It's helping us to generate more leads, more business, and to get back on track. And in both these cases, the commonality is that we are our own worst enemies. And by inversion, we must therefore be our own greatest assets. All of that negative stuff, the distraction, the self-sabotaging that we do seems completely sensible at the time. In fact, if we try hard, we can justify almost anything to ourselves. Now, what can we do about our inner, insert your word of choice here, mine ends in wit, and I don't want to offend anyone. So our inner moron, let's call it that, let's tone it down a bit. Firstly, become aware. When you're doing that zaft stuff, or when you're about to do it, whenever you're on the verge of something peripheral to your core business, just ask yourself one or two simple questions. Question one, is this what my business is really all about? Now, I think this is a great check that prevents me from chasing after those shiny pennies which are everywhere. I find it particularly useful when I attend trainings and seminars which often pitch fests aimed at emptying your wallet, where the audience is skillfully managed and manipulated into table rushing and buying the products and courses on sale at the back of the room. My tip if you are going to one of these events is leave all your credit cards at the hotel or lock safely in the car. If you really want to buy, you can usually book on and arrange to pay over the phone. But for God's sake, don't take your cards with you. Trust me on this, it's easy to be convinced at events and to be taken in by charlatans. Leave your cards off sight and don't buy in the heat of the moment. So the important thing there is to re retain your focus on doing what you should be doing. This is why it's important to have clarity about what you're all about, to do it excellently and to stick to your knitting. Question two then is this one. It's a real simple one. Is this helping me or is this hurting me? This is such a great question. 
I think it's the best question for anyone wrestling with self-sabotaging behaviour. Whether it's business, health, drugs, diet and exercise, this question will absolutely nail your bullshit nine times out of ten. But you have to be brutally honest about it. As you probably already know, the easiest person to fool is yourself. And when you ask this question and answer it honestly, don't pull your punches. Those two simple questions are powerful tools to stop self-sabotage in the here and now. But what about long-term and future? What can you do to prevent self-sabotage? Well, the very first thing is, in my opinion, to schedule and analyse what you're doing. In my previous episodes cover the reflection and review process that I use. And the reviewing of what I've been doing keeps me on track. And the regular review has a profound effect on the business and life. The, the second thing that can help self, prevent self-sabotage is to constantly update the stories we tell ourselves, particularly about our business and our purpose. Because if your inner narratives are constantly evolving, growing and refining themselves, you'll have all the clarity you need to carry you forward. And the truth is, of course, that you'll never outperform your story. So it's vital to keep the story alive and eternally growing. Now, quick example here is if your story is that you make enough to live on out of your tutoring business, well, what are the chances that your tutoring business will actually make you wealthy? It, it won't. Your story will limit your income and you'll just make a living. And if you start making much more money, which is generally known as too much money, you'll try to get back to normal and get back to just making a living. But suppose your story is that you make a very good living. You put your own number on this. And that's normal for you. Well, you'll always move towards that normal. You'll be staying true to your own story. Even if the story is a lie. Because we don't tell the difference between the, the truth we tell ourselves and the lies we tell ourselves. There is no difference. They're just thoughts. So when my story was that I'd make the same income from teaching as I had from my job in finance... That's all I actually did. But when I woke up to that limitation and started cranking the numbers up, 10 grand more, 20 grand more, and then more and more, I found it just went there. And it seemed inevitable to me because that's what normal was. Now, normal for Neil is a bit of a family joke because I'm the eccentric or black sheep of the family. But normal for Neil's pretty bloody good because I'm the only person in my family who gets paid very well to do what they love to do day in, day out. I've done it for the last 20 years. And normal for you is what you tell yourself. And it's what your life and your business will be. Because your ideas about what's normal and right for you are the rules you'll unconsciously live by. And it's all driven by the stories you and I tell ourselves. And those stories have a habit of coming true. Now, since they're all made up, let's call them lies, we might as well make them good stories. Let's tell ourselves better lies. And this is why I'm always asking mentees and students what their story is. Because the, if their idea of normal is out of line with what they want, then normal will win out. It always overrides what you want. As a teacher, I'll have guitar students create better stories for themselves. Mentally rehearse better ways to play. And of having complete mastery of technique and effortless creativity. Because it's all about calibration. Anytime you're offline, anytime you're out of alignment with your idea of what normal is, you will self-sabotage one way or another. 
When we're calibrated correctly, we work perfectly. But if we're miscalibrated, we'll apply that tendency to work perfectly, but in pursuit of the wrong thing. So the wrap up is this, guys. Calibrate your own stories. Tell yourself better lies and start living in accord with them. Courageously and honestly checking your progress. Eliminating what doesn't help and focusing like a laser on what you must do to bring your story into reality. As always, remember to let me know how you get on and what you do. If this helps you as much as it's helped me over the years, then let me know. I'm listening too. And if you've got tips and ideas to pass on, send them to me because I'm here to learn as well as talk. I'm interested in how you make your tutoring and coaching business work for you because I don't have all the answers. I have some answers and they've worked for me and I want to share them so they can work for other people too. So get in touch via info at neilcamedo.com. Follow me on Twitter where I am at Tutor Podcast. And remember to hit the subscribe button so you automatically get the latest updates as soon as they're live. Well, that wraps it up for today. But join me next time on the Tutor Podcast where it's all about how to start, grow and love your tutoring business. Have a fabulous day. Get in touch with the Tutor Podcast via email or social media and the Tutor Podcast team will be listening. Subscribe on iTunes and you'll automatically get the latest episode directly sent to your device. And remember to share, rate and review TTP so that we can help other people to start, grow and love their tutoring businesses.